Wanna bet? Then get another action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com SCPN. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 and older, and please play responsibly. Leafs fans, welcome back to Game Over Toronto, where uh, we had a little hot mic uh, incident <laughs> at the beginning of the stream. But nonetheless, me and Lauren are here with you guys live in the second half of a back-to-back -back where the Leafs played the Calgary Flames. And um, apart from that, uh, the, let's ignore the first two periods. On that third period, we played fantastic and we ended up getting the win. So um, we're glad to see all of you guys out. There's quite a few people in the chat tonight. And uh, with it being a, a late game, glad to have you guys on. And I'm sure we also have a bunch of new fans here tonight as well, considering our special guest for tonight. Um, for, for those of you guys that are new, welcome to the, to the show. This is a Game Over Toronto. My name is Harnish, and I have my lovely co-host Lauren here with us today. And um, to help break down the game, we have our very own... Peter Klein from Game Over Calgary. Welcome to Game Over Calgary or Game Over Toronto. Sorry, I should say, Peter. Welcome. Right Glad to slip. have you on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, happy to be here. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Very, very happy. <laughs> and uh, very happy that the uh, any technical issues we would have on Game Over Calgary, I was able to, to bring something over here with a bit of a hot mic thing. Although the, the hot mic situation is it's a little bit less stressful in an environment where we're allowed to swear. Um, cause I, I, I've been in spots where that's not necessarily the case and that gets the heart rate going a little bit more, but, uh, yeah, no, very, that, that was a very long way of saying I'm happy to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you, Peter. Honestly, it's a little bit overdue. I mean, we only see each, our teams only see each other a couple times a year and it's been, I know it's been crazy on for both of our cities and both of our streams, but it is better late than never. And it is great to have you on. And I am, while I'm happy to have you on and I'm sort of sorry that we beat your team, I'm glad that it ended up being a good game because I don't know how you feel about the first even period, but it didn't seem like either team was really getting any clean looks or no. making anything happen. Not making anything happen is a very good way of summing that up. Um, like I, I have a, a notebook here and I normally take notes and it's normally like a couple of pages per period. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm at one full page for this whole game. Like they're just, there, I'm there at wasn't one a whole and a lot. third. No. I'm at one and a third. That's it. Yeah, like there just there wasn't a whole lot there. Like it, it was it was a very Daryl Suttery game. Uh, a lot of nothing happening. Low event hockey, I think, is the the nice way of putting it. But no, like this is um, I don't know how much of our our wonderful team you've been able to watch all year long, but this is kind of the way it's gone. Where hey, at least they lost, but it sure was boring. Like that's that's basically <laughs> where we've been all season long with this team. And tonight was a, a pretty good summary of it. Although the goaltending was better in this game than we we've seen in the past from this team, anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think that was uh, that's the same you can say for for Toronto as well. Uh, Joseph Wall he uh, he was brought in with Samson. He got a little little night off uh, after a rough one yesterday. And uh, Joseph Wall he looked fantastic in there. I mean he got a little hemmed in his own. Uh, he was let out to dry, I would say, um, by some of our players. But uh, let's yeah let's talk about that first because 
I think there was a lot of things that Calgary, in my opinion, were doing right. And uh, it led to a lot of turnovers and, and what looked like sloppy play, right? So from the eye test, in my opinion, it looked like the Leafs were just out of it. It seemed like they were continuing on from yesterday's uh, little crapshoot of a show. And um, the, the, you saw with Marner, he was given some turnovers, um, even that first goal. Uh, um uh, Gustafson, he had that that pass that he kind of uh, flopped on, and that led to uh, led to a a goal for Calgary. But I think Calgary did a fantastic job of really putting pressure on any of the Leafs puck handlers. I think that that was a huge proponent of of the success that they had in the first two. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and it, specifically on the penalty kill, that's what they've been doing all season long is they're very aggressive with that. And um, Gustafson, uh, a former Calgary Flame great, was the the victim of that um, on that, that shorthanded goal. But no, they put a lot of pressure on. And I think that was um, certainly by design. And I think a lot of that, too, is as we were kind of talking about before we got this thing rolling, is that the Leafs have had quite a bit, as you are aware, well aware, the Leafs have had quite a bit of turnover over the last 72 hours. And so for a team that isn't necessarily used to everyone um, on their team just yet, having a bunch of dudes in your face would make that a bit more complicated as well. And, and so I think that was certainly a bit more of an exaggerated effort from the flames in that way to just kind of put the pressure on. And I thought you could see, like, it, it was obvious to us. So it was obvious to the players as well, that there was a, a bit of a thing going on. And there was a point, I think it was midway through the first period. Matthews was open for a minute. And then he finally got the pass and it was a bit behind him. He still got a good shot away. Cause he's one of the three best hockey players on planet earth. But um, there was some frustration after, and they, they called it out on the flames broadcast tonight. He was banging his stick and kind of, reading some guys the riot act after and i think that there was a bit of a shift there where toronto started to turn it on after that point but the, the flames didn't make life easy on them and that's something they've been doing for a little bit now is with daryl sutter is just really putting a lot of pressure on um on the opposition i think so too and you know the flames the first note i have we're talking about the notes we have the first note i have is flames pressure early and then you know the, they end up getting their shorthanded goal and you know, that's the third game in a row where the Leafs have given up a goal in the first four minutes, which is not great. Um, and, you know, it's funny. They read a statistic where the Flames have 843 goaltending since the All-Star break. And if I only if I if they didn't tell me that and I watched the game tonight, I would not have guessed that because Markstrom looked great all night. And while the while the Flames were great at putting pressure on the Leafs, they took away every chance and. You know, what you're talking about, how everybody is sort of still adjusting to everything. I don't think Wheel and picked up a single pass cleanly tonight. Like, they were just bouncing off of his puck, out of it, off of his stick like crazy. And it was sort of happening to the Flames, too. It seemed like both teams at certain points of the game were just trading times where they couldn't buy a pass to save their life. And it's funny, later on in the game, like the Leafs were winning an ozone time. And I was like, how is that possible? Because it felt like the Leafs couldn't get a clean entry or get any sustained zone pressure at all because the flames were just all over them on the forecheck. And, you know, it's that same forechecking pressure that gets them the shorthanded goal to get them up early. And, you know, the the Leafs end up tying it, thank goodness, in the second. Um Oh yeah, but, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I, I, I oh geez, uh, I know where I am. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> and then, and then Kadri almost puts the flames up early, and it gets called back. 
mm-hmm. unfortunately for you, my friend. But, um, you know, the rest of the game seemed, it seemed like the more the game went on, the more competitive it really became on both sides of it. And then it's sort, you know, the game starts like this and then it's slowly, the whole game just sort of tilts the more mm-hmm. it went on. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't think that the flames, the flames played as bad as their goals their goaltending statistics look but you know you would hope that they would make a push in the third and it just seemed like the once the Leafs were able to get on there was no no turning it off really no and that it, same thing happened against Boston the other night um the, the Flames outshot Boston I think it was 56 to 20 um like it, it was just it was all Flames pressure but then um Calgary went ahead in the third period up three to two and about four minutes left Boston got a power play and tied it and after that the Flames were just like ah well see you next game and it felt like the same thing happened tonight where the Flames were hanging with Toronto uh, a very good hockey team and I'm not just saying that because I'm here um but hanging with a very good hockey team and then they, they get kind of a weird goal with again former Flame great Callie Yarncroft putting the, the puck in the net and at that point the Flames just kind of seemed like ah well fuck it we'll just go to the next one and that it just it, it's so disappointing and just they, I actually, again, referring to our notes, I actually put when the, the Flames pulled their goalie with a minute and a half left, they're playing this like there's a fourth quarter coming. Like that, there was just, there was no urgency. There was no pressure. There was no anything from this team. And yeah, you're right. Like it just, it felt like as this game went along, the, the Leafs got more and more of the puck and the Flames got less and less of it. And they just, they had no counter to, to what was happening. And I, I think... Part of that is self-inflicted. And as much as I talked about Daryl Sutter, there has been a lot of frustration in this market. And part of it tonight was like, you're on home ice. You get last change. As as far as I know, that's not something that's changed. Um, I have no idea why Milan Lucic was sharing the ice with Austin Matthews at any point in this hockey game, but it was happening repeatedly. And it felt like that started to like the, the flames kind of let the Leafs back in it because Matthews and Marner were able to build that momentum because they weren't exactly facing a defensive stalwart line by any stretch of the imagination. And I I just, I can't imagine why any human being would choose to do that in that situation. Like I, I saw there was one point there was a scrum in front of the net and Lucic had a hold of Matthews. Like, Oh, that's kind of fun. Wait a minute. Why are they out there together? And then you watch and it's, Oh, this is happening a bunch. And it's, it was kind of a, a self-inflicted thing that I think kind of let the Leafs get their mojo going and get back into this game. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because that, that first goal for the Leafs, um, this is a Marner goal, right? And Mm-hmm. Who did he dangle past? Lucic, right? Lucic was there. Burn after... styled him. Yeah. Burn styled him. And you feel bad for the guy. I mean, the guy was out there for such a long shift. He had no effort to even try to skate. He just threw the stick out there. It was like, please let this let this block of Marner. But no, Marner dangles past him. And hats off to Marner. I mean, he played a fantastic game. And that shot mm-hmm. that he got off for that goal was a difficult one. He had a lot of bodies up in front of him. And he was somehow able to get it past everyone, past Markstrom. Um, he was buzzing tonight, even like after that goal, that third period that we talked about where the Leafs kind of brought it back or came back to life. Um, a lot of that, it was, I think there was halfway through that period. Uh, there was a point where Marner and Matthews had a fantastic shift. They had, it was like three or four high, high scoring chances and the flames were just dying out there. They, they had a long shift again. And, um, Unfortunately, the Leafs weren't able to convert on it, but that's what you—that's the kind of play that you need to see for them to to eventually get one past them again, right? 
Yeah. And, and that's, that's something the flames haven't had this year. Um, is that like, it, it felt like, and this was another thing when that game started to, to seem like it was kind of in the balance, it felt like Matthews and Marner were like, Hey, you know what? Let's just not lose this game. Huh? And like, they, they kind of took this over. The flames have had literally zero of that this year. Kadri has come close, but th- there hasn't really been that. We, we had moments last year where it would be Goudreau doing that thing. There's been none of it. And yeah, Mar- Marner, Man, every time I watch him, there's just something about him. Even just that there was a, a moment in the second period, the Flames had a bit of a rush and it looked like it could be something. And Marner, just a quick back check steal and it goes the other way. Like he just, it, it's those types of things. Obviously, insanely skilled offensive mm-hmm. player. But there's the the little <laughs> things he does defensively that just help you win games that it's just like, man, like I, I get it. It's fun to make fun of Toronto, but th- this dude is like, a he's a dog for lack of a better term. He's so good. And, you know, there's a reason he plays on every single one of the special teams, right? He plays in overtime. He plays on the PK. He plays on the power play. And he's so good offensively, but he's so good defensively, too. Defensively too. And we've joked on this stream. I don't know if you've heard this, Peter, but we've actually joked that eventually when the Selkie Trophy is renamed the Bergeron, at some point, Mitch Marner should be eligible for it because he plays so well. He almost plays as well defensively as he does forward. And I think part of the reason, relating back to what we started the stream with, I think part of the reason that these new guys are having a hard time is because I think some of the players that they have now haven't played with players that think that quickly on the ice as Mitch Marner does. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Jake McCabe, even though he's been playing with, you know, Jonathan Taves and Patty Kane and all the, all of the really good players that they do have in Chicago, you know, Mitch Marner does play at a high level where his brain is just like, it's got an extra gear or something. And it, I think it takes, you know, even last night when the Leafs were playing against the Oilers and Matias Ekholm looked great against against the Leafs last night. And, you know, good for him. Glad it's going well. But, you know, I think because the Leafs have to adjust to not just one or two players, but there's like Matthews, Marner, Tavares, O'Reilly all of a sudden, Nolachari. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden, now I don't have to adjust to just Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl or, you know, just Johnny Gaudreau or just, you know, one or two persons. It's like, all the way all the way through the line so mm-hmm. um i have to imagine that that's a contributing factor to some degree and for them to turn around and start playing better in the third you ha- i have to wonder if the matthews getting a little bit frustrated made the other guys go okay maybe we have to try and play a little bit differently again when we're playing with somebody that's playing this hard totally yeah and like it's th- th- this is going to be a-, a weird thing but just kind of follow me here it can be tough to play with really good players sometimes, you know, and, and I'm not equating um, murder to these guys, but like th- there's a reason why Kunitz worked with Crosby and some other guys didn't, you know, like th- there's a reason why player X works with um, with McDavid, but some other guys haven't like it's just sometimes you just need to know where to be. It's not always just NHL 23 where you just throw a hero line out there. I was going to say 2004 <laughs> and really date myself, but you, you don't just throw a hero line out there, sort by overall and just roll with it. There is a chemistry that needs to be built and the Leafs are in a spot, as you guys are painfully aware, they're not moving up in the standings and they're not moving down in the standings enough for it to really matter. So th- this is a time where you can kind of figure this stuff out. And I, I think it's why it was smart of Kyle Dubas to, to make, if, if you're going to make 84 trades, make them as soon as you can. And, and I think it's smart to kind of let everyone kind of gel because it takes time. It's taken the whole season in Calgary. Um, you, you could just like, 
it, it, it only happened around January where it looked like Huberto wasn't thinking out there and he was starting mm-hmm. to, to react to the game. So some guys take a little bit longer than others. Um, for you guys, that there isn't going to necessarily be as much of a reliance as with Calgary, where the entire season was kind of resting on Jonathan Huberto being awesome. So uh, I think it, it will come and you could start to see it forming as this game went along. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like you mentioned, I mean a player that that needed time to cultivate <laughs> let's talk about luke shen i mean he took 10 years to come back to toronto and uh who do you pair beside morgan riley a, a player that i believe was drafted the day before he got traded away as well right so it's funny seeing them kind of on a line together but uh yeah they, i think they they played well together but there was definitely a lot of times where um these guys are you can tell they they just don't have the the chemistry right the one thing that i found um what was really disappointing though was again we t- we talked about that that first goal that happened uh for calgary right but what we don't uh what, what we didn't mention was right before that goal happened there was another turno uh another turnover right which uh led to a shorthand chance and, and pinged off the bar right and this play involved riley nylander and matthews Three of our senior guys, they've been in the, the the system for so long. So you can't say it was a lack of chemistry for those guys, right? Um, Nylander plays Backland as, as he's um, going around the edge of the rink. Um, and he doesn't apply a lot of pressure. Backland's able to skate past Nylander. Riley during this time was was sticking back. Kind of had his eye on Lindholm, who was who was in front of the net as well. And uh, as soon as Backland was able to get away from Nylander, Riley had to make the decision to start pinching, right? And during this whole moment, Matthews was there. Matthews was was watching this go down and he was puck watching instead of realizing that once Riley goes to go pinch uh, pinch Backland and he has to go get Lindholm at that point, he does nothing. He just stays there and starts and just stands there, right? And Lindholm gets a, a great shot, pings it off the bar, unlucky for, for Calgary, doesn't go in. Uh, luckily for Matthews, it doesn't, though, because we would be on his ass for that. He, he it, It's egregious plays like that where um, it's disappointing to see some of our stars and our veterans and, and the leaders within our team not uh, contributing defensively. And Matthews, he's been great defensively there's the we've talked a lot about how he's kind of stepped up his game in that aspect this year but there's blips here and there and in the playoffs they're, they're gonna come to bite you in the ass right Oh, 100 percent. And it, it, those are like that. This sounds very old white hockey guy of me. Those are winning type plays, right? Like the, the, those the, those are the, the the just little difference maker things. Like it's one thing for it to be a Thursday in March against the Flames. But when mm-hmm. it's May and it's Tampa Bay, that's a little bit different. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about like the, how much the regular season may mean and stuff like that, but it's those types of winning habits that you need to establish now, or else it will bite you in the butt for the 86th time in the, the postseason out there. Like that, that's, it's just, it's those types of things that Boston does so frustratingly well and Tampa Bay does so well and bad teams don't. And that those are the types of just little, little small things that are, are going to be able to, to put you over the hump. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you make a good point about, you know, it's, that's fine to do in March, but is it, are going to do it in May? Because even though they're professional athletes, and I understand that, I understand that I am a layman and I have no authority on the subject, but is it really so simple as to just be like, well, I'm just going to do it then. 
Right. Like, like, okay, so why aren't you doing it now? Like, you don't need to do it now. You don't think it's useful to do it now. You don't want to do it now. Like, what is it? Because is it is it just a lack of, like, care and you're over the regular season? You know who you're going to face and you're just sort of chugging along to the playoffs and you just want to get there and get this over and done with? Because if you waste the next, you know, 20 games, then that's going to reflect because Tampa is going to, we know what Tampa does. In the case of in the case of us, right? We've 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 unfortunately been been uh, been tormented by the Atlantic Division and and how well Tampa and Boston, all these other teams have been playing. And when you make these repeated failures in the playoffs in the first round over and over again, and it's these same habits that existed in years past when when we lost in the first round. To see these coming up again, it's like, oh, we're 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 just here again. Like it feels like it it feels like Steve's favorite reference of Lucy with the football in in peanuts, right? And just like, here we go. Because yeah. you you just think you're just it's just gonna magically show up on game one of the playoffs. You're gonna put on a new shirt that says Stanley Cup playoffs on it, and there it is. It's gonna be sitting for you in your locker room because it doesn't work that way. And if you don't build those habits now, they're not gonna just be there when you want them to be. That's not how it works, unfortunately, I don't think. No, it, and it's not how it works in, in any facet of life, right? Like think of any habit that, that you try to, to, to build in whatever it may be, you know, like we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're around the time where a lot of new year's resolutions have already kind of faltered because it doesn't turn into a habit. It's just a, oh, no, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it whenever. Like it, it's that this isn't just a hockey thing. This is an everyday life sort of a thing. And we saw it out here too, with the, the flames, obviously the, the, playoff failings of this team not as public as the the one that you guys may have uh given the the difference in the spotlights but forever this team like they they finished first in the division a couple of times and flamed out in the first round whether pardon the pun whether it was against (laughs) the the avalanche or whether it was the ducks or someone like that it, it was always they they do some great stuff in the regular season. Okay, this year it's going to be different. We got Troy Brower. No, no, no. This time we have James Neal. Look, we got Milan Lucic now. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Brian Elliott's in goal. Don't worry about it. Mike Smith's in it. Hey, they got Jacob Markstrom now. Everything's going to be fine. It, there was always this kind of like window dressing of, okay, well, now we have this guy, so everything's going to be worked out. But it's that core that needs to get it. It's Johnny Gaudreau, phenomenal player. I hear he's doing wonderful things in Columbus. But it, when it came down to playoff time, he was very quiet. Same thing with Sean Monaghan, and a lot of that was injuries. But you have these things where it's like, yes, we've established the regular season. You're pretty dope. Matthews scored a billion goals last year. Um, Like, we've established for those 82 games, dude is awesome. And he's still probably great in the playoffs as well. We just don't get to see it a lot because it's those little things, again, that uh, Kucherov and Point and all those guys do. Now you need to figure it out. And it's it's kind of like you've been beaten over the head with this. How haven't you figured that out yet? You know, it's just... Uh, and, and I'm just watching as a, a relatively neutral observer. I would imagine there's a bit of frustration on, on your guys' part with that. That's putting it delicately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing is is we can see the 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 skill and and we know what we what know they, they have. have the games we know exactly. that they can do right. them and play well exactly they do it 60 percent of the time yeah and, and then there's games like last night where you're just like what is happening <laughs> like it's like every single one of the players has a twin and a couple times a month the twins swap out and be like wouldn't this be fun <laughs> exactly <laughs> and matt wilkins in the the chat he he mentioned that even tonight 
that Yernkrok goal, that was exactly a playoff style goal. Like we were talking about how they had the lack of effort and then they turn around and just two periods later, Yarncroft gets a fantastic goal and that was all started by Nylander, one of our, our senior guys, a, a guy that that should be playing well and, and he gets a great turnover. Riley, a guy that that was making a lot of defensive um, mistakes, he makes a great offensive one where he he really he beats Huberto, hurls towards the net with some speed and god damn does he have some speed. This guy's fast and he gets a great shot on Markstrom. Even when uh, Markstrom blocked it, he was able to be quick and try to get that rebound and that put the uh, the puck in a perfect position for uh, for Jernkrok to go and just skill it past uh, past Markstrom's pads, right? And that that's exactly what what. Uh, Matt was talking about as well and what we were talking about as well where they have the talent is just being able to apply themselves the entire game and not just the third right mm -hmm. consistency yes yeah exactly, exactly. yeah and yeah. this is where that gets built you know like you said like Lauren you said perfectly you can't just flip that switch you guys have tried a bunch it just it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't just flip. And how many times, like going back to, to winning plays, how many times would you see a shot like that? Um, Riley shoot it. Oh, it's going to miss. And he just kind of peels off and goes back. Instead, he sticks with the play, just makes a subtle little play. And hey, would you look at that? They scored. And it ends up being the game winner of a very tight, very important hockey game. Mm -hmm. Boy, if I had a nickel for every time I heard, and Riley fires it wide on the net, is just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And and he, you know, he's been injured and in and out of the lineup a little bit this season, and it looks like he's turning things around, which is great. And, you know, it is those little plays and those little forechecking moments of not being predictable and not necessarily... I am all for sticking to the rule book when it comes to the majority of plays. But sometimes the other team has watched your game tape enough that they know what you're going to do on your power play. So they just crush it because they know what you're going to do because you're a little bit too predictable. And the last little while, the Leafs haven't been getting the opportunities that they have because they aren't trying to make any sort of different plays to, to mix it up a little bit. Even though they're mixing the lines up, they're sort of beating the same drum over and over again the same way without changing the rhythm and asking why it's not a different song. And, you know, the little play tonight, you know, getting that rebound and causing some chaos in front of the net is what leads to the second goal and ends up being the game-winning goal. And, you know, the last couple games, there's been times where they're getting their best opportunities in on the, in the neutral zone on a quick changeover, and then all of a sudden they're back the other way and they catch the other team with their pants down, essentially, right? And the least power play has so been so up and down this year. And I think that if they, if they make small differences and they're willing to take just a teensy bit more of a risk now, having said that they got scored on shorthanded today. So yeah, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But... And that was off of Eric Gustafson too. A guy that looked yeah. like he was being a power play specialist, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it, you know, little moments like that where you're trying to get set up, you know, they start the second period on the power play and they waste 20 seconds because they want to get set up instead of going in off the rush. And in the in the playoffs, you're not going to get lots of power plays. So why are you wasting 20 precious seconds trying to get your drop back pass when you're already in the neutral zone and you already have the other team on the back foot? So, um, you know, Peter, looking at your team, do you do you do you think that do you think that we as because we don't watch the flames all the time, do you think that we 
we are looking at the game maybe differently than you are simply from the fact that you're sort of expecting them not to come back in the third. Whereas we're, you know, as Leaf fans, we're like, oh my gosh, they are, not, they don't come back in the third. So they're going to come back in the third because the Leafs just allow that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's funny to have like the two heartbreaks going head to head, like, like which team that always screws it up is going to screw it up the less. <laughs> Let, let's find out in the third period. Um, But no, like I, I do think we are looking at the, this a little bit differently because like this is a Flames team and I know they weren't losing going into the third period. They may as well have been, but they have zero come from behind wins when trailing going into the third period this year. Like actually none. Um, like it's, they just, that this is kind of what they do where they just kind of, ah, maybe they hang around some games. Maybe they don't. Um, they've started to get a few more high danger chances. Now that's been good. There's been a lot of nights where, yeah, Jake Allen got 47 saves. I don't remember any of them is an actual thing that happened to the flames this year. So this is, it's just for lack of a better term and to oversimplify things greatly, this just isn't a very good hockey team right now. And some of the names may suggest that they are a good hockey team. They're not. They haven't played like one for more than one game in a row since like November. So it it just, it kind of felt inevitable. And this felt a lot like a lot of games recently, especially against good teams Um, with, with, again, I would put Toronto in there, but uh, against Boston, they, they, they were trailing going into the third and then he came back and took the lead and then they lost it again. And uh, against Vegas, they had a lead going into the third. Uh, it was three to one. Vegas scored about four minutes in and it felt over. Like it, it just, it was three to two for the flames. And you were just looking like, Hey, they're going to get a point out of this maybe. And they did. But even tonight they, they went up one, nothing on a goal from Coleman. And, and like you said, they had a, another shorthanded chance before that. And uh, Noah, who I've had on game over Calgary tweeted out, all right, how long is this going to last? Like, there's just this feeling of inevitability that something is going to go wrong. And at least tonight, it wasn't the goaltending. You guys have commented both that Markstrom looked good. It kind of felt like he was auditioning, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, As while uh, I'm sure some Leaf fans have confidence in the the goaltending situation in Toronto, I I think there are some others that may be skeptical. And um, Markstrom's name out here anyway has come up in could, should we do something? something they have Dustin Wolf in the American Hockey League who is playing out of his freaking mind this year and there's a lot of people clamoring for him to come up and I don't know if you guys picked it up or if they mentioned it on the the Toronto feed tonight but when the first shot of the game which I think was on the power play and it was a long shot from Marner from the blue line Markstrom stopped it it was easy it hit him it hit him right in the blasty I keep forgetting that I'm so close to the thing um it, it hit him right in blasty and they just held on to it the crowd gave him a Bronx cheer because it's been that bad here this year. So th- there's just nothing has really gone the way we thought it would at any point in Calgary this season. So th- there's a lot of frustration. So again, short answer, extremely long. No, this went exactly how I thought. I was surprised it was this close, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, and it's funny because last season, the Leafs and the Flames were on so almost in like an I- identical mirrored trajectory in regards to like wins, points, maybe not how they played, but in regards to where they were in the standings and the seasons and points wise, they were almost mirror images of each other. And they, they were playing not that differently either, obviously, right? Like high flying offense and then pretty solid defensively. Only your goaltending was a little bit more consistent than ours was last year. And then, you know, the trades happen for your team in the summer. And I mean, we all thought there was going to be an adjustment period, but I didn't see this season going the way that it has for the Flames at all. Because like you said, on paper, they're fantastic. You look at the lineup and it's like, 
holy fuck, like how how are we gonna beat these guys? And then tonight, it was you're right. It it looked like the Flames have taken a teensy bit of a step backwards and falling almost back into a similar habit as the Leafs of of yesteryear. Of uh, oh well, they came back. So when's the next game? Yeah, hundred percent. And it, it it it's weird to say when like to to kind of pinpoint it. This started in game eight. Uh, the, the Flames started the year at 5-2. and two. They were playing the Oilers. The game was tied in the third period. Markstrom comes out to play the puck when he shouldn't have come out to play the puck. And wouldn't you know it, the puck ended up with Connor McDavid, who scored. Oilers win. I think it was 3-2 the final. And at after that, Daryl Sutter changed everything. And this was a team throughout training camp and through the first seven games of the regular season. It was Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli. It was Kadri with Dupe and Manjapani, And it was Lewis with Backlund and Coleman. And then the fourth line was just whatever they vomited onto the page. But the, like all of it was, okay, we've got a bunch of changes. Let's build chemistry. Let's figure everything out. And then after that, they changed everything. Lucic was playing on the second line for some ungodly reason. Um, you had Huberto on the fourth line with Brett Ritchie for reasons that are still not known to this day. He messed with everything and they like still have yet to really find a groove. They, they finally have stuck with the same lines for about eight games now with Pelche on that second line with Kadri and Huberto um, and with Dubé figuring out where, where he fits with... Um, with Stefolia and um, with Lindholm. And then the, the Manjapani backland Coleman line has been one of the best I've seen in the league this year, but it, it's just that they haven't been able to, to click. And it, it felt like they were starting to figure some things out. And then the coach changed everything. And it just, it really set things back. And uh, again, it's weird to pinpoint like, oh yeah, the, the season was lost in October, but it kind of felt, felt like the season was lost in October. And then Markstrom wasn't the goalie that we thought he was going to be this year. If the Flames got this Markstrom from tonight for other points in the season, we're not having these discussions. The the Flames are one of the teams in on these trades instead of maybe they're trading Backlund and Lindholm to Carolina and and those types of things. So, um, no, it's just nothing has gone according to plan this season. And I think it really started early in the year where um, the, the coach kind of messed around where it wasn't necessarily his turn to mess around. Yeah, I think that's that's honestly something that that I saw with with Keith earlier on the season as well, right? Uh, I mean, that third and fourth line finally we were able to get some kind of stability in that fourth line, right? But um, earlier on, I mean, think about the ungodly amount of players that that we had um, trying to make some kind of chemistry work. I mean, we had Nick Robertson. Unluckily, he had a bunch of injuries, but then Malgan, who got traded, we had Joey Anderson. Um, even in our defense, we had Hollowell, and, and it's just a ton of players were, were shifted in and out and it was really hard for them to to get any kind of playing time to build that chemistry and i think sandine is another player that kind of fell victim to that where not only was he inconsistently in the lineup because of injuries but um he had games where he was playing well and then he gets pulled and then he comes back he doesn't look too hot early on right um hopefully this uh w- with with the trade deadline um finishing up tomorrow uh we'll see some kind of stability and we'll see uh definite roles being being figured out and and placed because yeah we don't have a lot of time left and and in the playoffs uh we kind of need to know who's going to be playing together and and have some kind of inherent chemistry kind of built right um 
But uh, yeah, I, I want to shift it back a little bit towards our goalies because uh, that's been a huge uh, talking point throughout Leafs Nation to see if uh, if Dubas kind of needs to to build on that and, and, and try to reinforce that a little bit, right? Uh, today, uh, Sam Sonov was off. He had a crap game yesterday. Joseph Wall, who was fantastic in the Marlies, and I think he had a fantastic game today as well. Um, he was in the lineup. But are we confident that, that he is going to be a solid backup in the case that Matt Murray does not return, right? That's the big question. Um, Lauren, I guess like you, you've you seen more most of these games. What, what, what have you thought about this first off? I mean, it's hard, right? Because like Wall does play well tonight and he played well a couple of games ago as well. Yeah. Um, but any goalie looks good when the Leafs play well defensively in front of them. And I don't think we need Andre Vasilevsky to do well. We don't need Connor Hellebuck. We don't need anything, you know, above an A minus, I would even say. We need a solid B plus. We need a solid, like, 79% average. Be pretty good. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's frustrating because, you know, we talk about how our, our goalie situation is a little bit volatile, but... Poor Peter over here has been through a roller coaster of emotions with Jacob Markstrom because, you know, I always joke about how the Leafs are Jekyll and Hyde, and it seems like Jake Markstrom has a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde fever, and I don't know if I, I if I envy either of our goalie situations to be totally honest, and I don't know, you know, we talked, you talk about the, at the beginning of the stream, Peter, about how at different points in the last eighteen months, essentially, with the Flames there's been all these different people that are like, this is the person that's going to come in and be the savior. This is the person. All we need is this person. And I don't know that either of our teams have that person coming by 3 PM tomorrow. I don't know if the Leafs are going to trade for a goalie. Maybe the Leafs trade for Jacob Markstrom. Wouldn't that be a fun, <laughs> a fun little, a fun little flip of the tide. Um, and I don't, I don't, it's, I find it slightly troubling that I don't have a, a better answer uh, 15 hours before the tread deadline is done um, because Samsonov has had really good games, but then that game the other night was not very good, but the Leafs aren't, weren't very good around him either. So I think that if, I think that they will do fine if they stick to playing defensively well, like they did in the third period. But if you keep playing these spotty games, you are going to lose in the playoffs. That's how it works. Cause generally there's nobody that really gets super far in the playoffs with the B plus goalie that are that aren't able to play really well defensively. So, I mean, I don't know that the answer is out there in the form of a goalie because I don't think Vasilevsky, Sorokin, Shosturkin, or Hellebuck are on the trade market. Can't imagine. No, no, that that seems like. And I, I will admit, the Toronto goalie situation has gone better than I thought it would this year. Um, I, I was, I'm not a big Matt Murray believer. Um, and Samsonov, it, it has been great and fine, but I just, I like, it's, I feel like the, the Leafs are kind of playing with found money right now when it comes to the goaltending situation. And as inconsistent as it's been, if we were to do a Leafs and flames only fantasy draft, I would still take Markstrom first of, of, of those goaltenders. And I, I just, like Matt Murray, yes, he's won two Stanley Cups. You don't forget how to do that. I just have a tough time believing that he's going to come back. And Elliot said on the, the Sportsnet broadcast tonight that it sounds like he'll get Saturday against Vancouver. Um, I have a tough time thinking like, oh, yeah, he's going to come back. He's going to be perfectly healthy till June. And the, the Leafs are going to go on to win a Stanley Cup. Like that would be an abnormally long run of good health 
for for Matt Murray mm -hmm. and Samsonov. When you put him back in there for like, if you roll with Murray and then he doesn't play for six, seven games, if you do go on a deep run in the playoffs, and then Murray tweaks something, oh yeah, just go back in there against Boston. Don't worry about it. Like it, it just, I, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in that situation. And again, like you're saying. I, I'm not speaking from a position of strength, given how things have gone um, here this season. But it, for for Toronto, it, it just feels like there's just one like little eh, away from everything just completely falling apart, which is too bad because it does feel like with all of these moves. And I, I know we were talking about chemistry issues, but on paper, the rest of this team is really really good. And I get the division y'all are in, or huh, but I mean. <laughs> The rest of this team just seems so good that to, to, to kind of rest it on Matt Murray and Samsonov just feels very risky to me. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully they 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 gel and Matt Murray and, and Samsonov are able to to get to a, a, a position where, where they're playing their best hockey like they were earlier on this season. Right. Um but there's a lot of questions. One positive thing is at least we saw Wall has been able to to uh, keep up, and he had a fantastic game today as well. But uh, yeah, in the likes of Lightning and even Boston, I mean Boston uh, got a Bertuzzi today as well. So they're just getting all of the gemstones for the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> as we speak. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's. Have uh, I mentioned I hate them? Yeah, You're just the worst. <laughs> Peter, earlier you were, you were like, oh, poor Milan Lutrits. And I was about to be like, I will never feel bad for that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> what he did to me in 2013. Yeah, no, that's that, that that is very fair. And like I said, we just saw them the other day and Allmark made 50, what was that? 53 saves oh. um, to, to, to beat the Flames in overtime. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm uh, again. The, the the heartbreak of a loss on a Tuesday in March is different than than what you guys have gone through with them. But yeah, watching that last night, it was just, or the other night, it's like that the Flames actually outplayed them, except their goalie was just a wall for the entire night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to getting goalied, Peter. I don't know if you've had that happen very recently. But, we uh... have. It was just nice to get goalied by a good goalie. They flashed it up. Fair. This is the, this is the yeah. sixth backup goalie the Flames have lost to since the calendar flipped to 2023. So, um, Oy yeah. Vey. Yeah. No, it's it's been that kind of year here. <laughs> well, my condolences, Peter. My goodness. <laughs> Yeah, the, the game against Boston, um, high danger chances were 14 to 2 for the Flames, and they lost 4 to 3. So on on both sides of that, the math looks really bad. <laughs> it's, it's those damn Ross Boston guys, huh? Every <laughs> yeah. single one of them. They're just the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's going to do it here from us. Um, thank you guys. I mean, we have like 100 people still watching. Uh, thank you guys for, for sticking go. around. I mean, it's what time is it? Two th or 12.30. My brain is dying. The late, the late night owls in the chat right now. Guys, make sure you hit like and subscribe before we sign out, please. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us. And again, thank you, Peter, for, for coming on. We love to have you on. And uh, tomorrow's going to be a fun day. We got the uh, the STPN um, trade deadline show as well. And then we'll be back um, on Saturday. I think Calgary also has a game on Saturday too, right? Uh, against the Wild, I believe. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh, thank you guys for watching. And uh, Lauren, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lauren in the Six. Uh, Peter? Uh, you can find me uh, Twitter and Instagram. I am at Primetime Climb.
Perfect. And my name's Harnish. You can find me Harnish underscore Patel 98 on Twitter. And that's going to do it here with us. Have a great night, everyone. Have a great night, everybody. Bye. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.